Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1948-1949 season. We have a very special show for you today. If you're a fan of the Christmas shopping episodes, this is probably the greatest Christmas shopping episode of them all. Uh, if you've listened or watched the uh, television show episode that's on Christmas shopping, a lot of these gags will seem, uh, you'll recognize them because uh, the Christmas shopping episode on television was based pretty much on this particular episode of Christmas shopping from 1948. Uh, when I did a reenactment uh, of uh, the Jack Benny Christmas shopping episodes, this is where I took the bulk of what I presented because I thought it was... Um, had the best of the Christmas shopping bits put into it. So, I hope you're all going to enjoy this, and we'll get on to this great Christmas shopping episode just momentarily. Um, one thing I wanted to point out was, last week on one of my podcasts, I made a major mistake. And um, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but if anyone can email me at buckbennyotr at gmail.com, with what they think that mistake was. If you pick it out, what the mistake was, and why, I could how you can tell it was a mistake, um, I will give you full access to all of my podcasts. Um, I just want to see. I was surprised no one pointed out. Usually when I make a mistake, people uh, figure it out pretty quickly, but this one, they didn't seem to. So I will point it out myself here in a few... Uh, few days or a, or a week or something, but uh, I thought I'd give you guys a chance to point it out yourself if you can figure out what that mistake was. I won't even tell you what episode it was on, but uh, see if you can find it. Anyway, um, enjoy tonight's episode of the Christmas Shopping uh, with Jack and the gang. Uh, I hope you enjoyed all the other Christmas Shopping episodes we've been bringing you, plus all the episodes of uh, Bob Hope and Dragnet and uh, on and on and on that uh, Judy Canova uh, Seal Test Theater that we brought to you Command Performance that um, are Christmas episodes. I hope you enjoyed all those Christmas episodes. We've got a few more to bring you, of course. Uh, but this is our final um, well, it's not our final Jack Benning Christmas episodes. will be other, but this is our final one we're bringing you this year of the Christmas shopping episodes. There's still going to be a lot of Christmas parties going on and things in the next uh, week or so. Anyway, enjoy. We'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Smoke a Lucky to feel your level best. Smoke a Lucky to feel your level best. Your level best. That's how you'll feel when you light up a Lucky. Because Lucky's fine tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense, puts you on the right level to feel and do your level best. It's important to you as a smoker to know that fine tobacco can do this for you. And every smoker knows. L-S-M-F-T, L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, mild, ripe, light tobacco. Remember, more independent tobacco experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen Smoke Lucky Strike regularly than the next two leading brands combined. 
So next time you buy cigarettes, remember that Lucky's Fine Tobacco picks you up when you're low, calms you down when you're tense. By putting you on the right level, the lucky level, to feel and do your level best. That's the lucky level. Smoke a lucky to feel your level best. Smoke a lucky to feel your level best. Get on the lucky level where it's fun to be alive. Get a carton of luckies and get started today. And listen, here's a Christmas gift suggestion that's bound to make a big hit. Say Merry Christmas 200 times by giving the gay holiday-wrapped carton of 200 luckies. And for that extra special someone on your list, give Lucky Strike 500s, the handsome Christmas gift box of 25 packages of Lucky Strike cigarettes. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the sportsman, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there are only five more days till Christmas, so let's go down to the local department store where Jack and Mary have gone to do their last-minute Christmas shopping. Mary, Mary, read my Christmas list, will you please? Uh, gold cufflinks, platinum cigarette lighter, silk pajamas, a star sapphire ring, a Cadillac, a diamond stick. Pen. No, no, Mary. Those are the things I'm asking Santa Claus to give me. <laughs> my shopping list is on the other side. Oh. Uh, oh, here it is. A package of lifesavers, <laughs> razor blades, toothbrush, shoelaces. Jack Benny, you ought to be a Mary, chef. I gave you the wrong one. Here's my Christmas list, see? Don Wilson, wallet. Well, let's go. The leather goods counter's over there. Okay. Gee, this yes, store sir. is crowded. Can, uh, can I help you, please? Oh, yes. I'd like to see some of your wallets. Well, we have a large variety. All these wallets you see here are $1.98. $1.98? Yes, sir. Uh, Jack, here's some better wallets over here. Oh, yes, I think Don would like this one. It's a uh, genuine cowhide. Cowhide? Uh, how much is that? Forty dollars. <laughs> cowhide. Forty dollars? Jack, stop squeezing it. It won't give milk. <laughs> but Mary... Look, Jack... Don has been with you 15 years. It's about time you got him something nice. But, Mary, $40. Oh, Jack, for heaven's sake, for once in your life, show Don you appreciate his loyalty. You know, Mary, you're right. I'm going to get Don this wallet. He deserves it. Mister, I'll take that $40 wallet. Yes, sir. Does that, uh, does that include the engraving? Oh, yes. Uh, what would you like to put on it? The price. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to enclose one of these cards. Let's see. What'll I write? To Don. A very merry Christmas from Jack Benny. Here it is, mister. Make a nice gift package and see that Mr. Wilson gets it before Christmas. Yes, sir. Come on, Mary. I want to go to the sporting goods department and get something for Phil. Well, here we are. Gee, they sure have a nice assortment of guns and honey equipment, Jack. Yeah, I think I should be able to get something for Phil here. They seem to have almost... And may I help you, sir? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, clerk. I'd like to get something for a friend. 
who is quite a sportsman. Well, we've got all kinds of camping equipment. Uh, does he sleep outdoors much? Yeah, sometimes right in front of the house. <laughs> Jack. Uh, clerk, he has all the camping equipment he needs. His favorite sport, though, is hunting. See, he makes two or three trips a year to the High Sierras. Oh, does he hunt bear? Well, a few days ago, he... <laughs> Hey, mister, mister, ask me that again, will you? Does he hunt bear? No, Patrillo makes him wear his union suit. <laughs> what's, uh, what's the matter, clerk? Didn't you get it? Yes, and if you'll lend me your handkerchief, I'll wipe it off. <laughs> Look, I, I didn't come here for any of your silly wisecracks. He thinks he's smart, doesn't he, Mary? Uh, don't talk to me. I'm pretending I'm not with you. <laughs> what? And now, sir, supposing you look over some of these items while I take care of another customer. Okay, okay. Do you mind if I fool around with this gun? Not at all. It's loaded. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Mary. Mary, I wonder if Phil... Hello, Mr. Benny. Oh, well. Well, well, well. Hello, Mr. Kitzel. Are you doing your Christmas shopping? Yes, I'm buying a Christmas present for my wife. She's always complaining she hasn't got what to wear. So I think I'll get her something sporty in the line of clothes, you know? Oh. Well, that sounds nice. Why don't you get your wife a pair of slacks? Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> you never saw my wife. <laughs> not the type to wear slacks. Why? Well, she should be slack. She's lumpy. <laughs> oh, your, your wife is a little chubby, eh? A little chubby. From the back, she looks like Don Wilson from the front. <laughs> and sideways, you wouldn't believe it. I'll take your word for it. Huh? Tell me, Mr. Benny, what are you getting your neighbor for Christmas? My neighbor? Yes, uh, Ronald Goldman. <laughs> oh, no, that's Ronald Coleman. I don't know what to get him, but I'll think of something. Yes, I suppose. Well, I better finish my shopping. Lumpy is expecting me home for dinner. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Kitzel, and Merry Christmas. The feeling is reciprocal. <laughs> Make up your mind. We still have other shopping to do, you know. All right. You know, I think I'll take this fishing outfit. Oh, clerk. Uh, just a minute. I have other customers. Oh, all right. I'll wait. Uh, that'll be eight seventy-six, madam. Hmm. Uh, have you decided on that, sir? Good. That'll be twelve seventy-five. Gee. <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. Sixteen fifty out of twenty. Gosh. Ouch! Finally got your nose caught in it, didn't you? <laughs> Never mind. Just give me that fishing rod. Now wrap it up and I'll call for it later. Come on, Mary. Gee, my nose hurts. Well, it's your own fault. Now let's finish our shopping. Hey, hey, wait a minute, Mary. What's the matter? I've been thinking about that card I put in Don's gift. You know, I think I should have written something clever. 
I'm going back to the wallet department. Oh, for heaven's sake, Jack. Oh, clerk, clerk. Yes, sir? Remember me? I, I bought a $40 wallet here a few minutes ago, and I'd like to change the card. But, mister, I've already got it wrapped with ribbon and tinsel and everything. Well, I'm sorry, but you'll have to open it up. I want to change the card. But, see? mister... Now, please, I'm a customer here. Open it up. Okay. I know what I'll do. I'll write a poem. Oh, fine. Henry Wadsworth, tight fellow. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh... Oh, oh, I've got one. To Don. This gift is from Jackie and golly, oh, shucks. I hope that you like it. It costs 40 bucks. <laughs> there you are. There you are, mister. Wrap this up with a gift. I'm wrapping it. I'm wrapping it. <laughs> Come on, Mary. You know, Mary, I'm glad I'm giving down that $40 wallet. Yeah, it'd be kind of tough to get a rhyme for $1.98. Yeah. Now, Mary, let's go up to the mezzanine and... Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Livy, you little fugitive from the doll counter. <laughs> hello, Phil. My, you're certainly loaded down with packages. Yeah, I've been shopping all day. Got presents for everybody. How about you two? Well, I'm nearly finished with my shopping. Your five bucks is almost gone, huh? <laughs> Bill, for your information, I just spent $40 on Don Wilson. What'd you do, take him to lunch? <laughs> no, I... Uh, look out, Phil. One of your packages is slipping. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> oh, darn it. Now I'll have to get Remley another present. <laughs> Let's move away. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> Did you get gifts for the rest of your band? Yeah, I bought every guy in my orchestra a pair of bedroom slippers. Bedroom slippers for your musicians? Uh-huh, I thought if I could get them started with those, maybe we could get shoes on them later. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. <laughs> anyway, I got all my boys taken care of. The only one I ain't got a gift for yet is Alice. Uh, maybe she'd like to boo. Could be. She thought he was great in Elephant Boy. <laughs> Bill, that's Sabu. He's a picture star. I wouldn't know. I'm a radio man myself. <laughs> well, I'll be running along. I've got to get Remley another bottle of toilet water. <laughs> toilet water? Phil, that bottle that broke was toilet water? Certainly. If it was the other, do you think I'd have stood here and let it soak into the rug? <laughs> See you later, Jackson. Bye, Goodbye, Mary. Phil. Goodbye, Phil. Come on, Mary. You know, I'm going to be on Phil's show, but he doesn't know it, you know. Hey, let's go up to the mezzanine. They always have nice things up there. Okay, here's the elevator. Yeah. The mezzanine, please. Gee, that's funny, Mary. Four guys running one elevator. Second floor. Christmas toys for girls and boys, sweaters, shirts, and ties. Corset stays, men's toupees, toothpicks any size. You will like Lucky Strike. Buy them here because they're round and firm and fully packed, just like Santa Claus. Fellas, you passed my floor. Look at I wanted to get off at the mezzanine. Third floor. Here you'll find Venetian blinds, pool and billiard cues, movie reels, rubber heels, boots and button shoes, coaster bikes, lucky strikes, try one and you'll see. Your best bet in cigarettes is LSMFT. Fellas, look at take me down, will ya? I wanted the mezzanine. Fourth want... floor. Oh, for heaven. Pots and pans, garbage cans, silverware and knives, buggy whips and pillow slips, china wear and chives, cartons of smokes you love, make a perfect gift. Luckies are the best by far, so give your friends a lift. Look at fellas, please. I wanted the mezzanine. 
Take me to the mezzanine. Fifth floor. Tootsie rolls, donut holes, button hooks and bows. Violins that fit your chin, shovels, rakes and hoes. Railroad spikes, lucky strikes, get them on this floor. Once you smoke the lucky strike, for sure that you want more. Look, boys, I want to finish shopping. Now take me down to the mezzanine. Going down. Mezzanine, gasoline, alligator bags. Coats and boats and billy goats and girdles if it sags. Let us off, let us off, we got things to do. Merry Christmas to you all, and a happy new year too. We're back on the main floor. Well, how do you like that? I asked him to say it's just as well. You know, I've been thinking about that card for Don's wallet. Jack. I don't think it's an appropriate card for a $40 gift. I'm going back and change it. Well, I haven't got nerve enough to face that clerk. I'm going to buy something for my sister, Babe. Babe? What are you going to get her? Well, she asked me to send her a telescope. What does Babe want with a telescope? Uh, she lives across the street for the YMCA. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll meet you here later. I'm going to change that card. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Yes, sir? What can I... <laughs> oh, it's you again. Yes, yes. I, I want to change the card in that gift. Oh, no. No, no. First you buy the gift, then you write the card, then I wrap the gift, then you change the card, but look, Mr. then I unwrap the gift, Mr. and then you rewrite the card, and then I wrap the gift, and now you want to write another card! Look, uh, never mind that, just unwrap the gift, will you? I've already sent it down to the delivery department! <laughs> well, look, uh, you'll, you'll just have to go down there and get it. All right, I'll go, I'll go. I haven't run into anyone like you in 20 years. Oh, why did the governor have to give me that pardon? <laughs> look, look, just bring me my package, will you? All right, all right, I'll get it, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> hmm, what an eccentric character, you know? Something like it. Stevie, hey, Stevie, maybe we can buy something for Mr. Benny here. Okay, Joey, let's look around. Something I can do for you boys? Yes, we'd like to buy something for the treasurer of our club, the Beverly Hills Beavers. A present for the treasurer of your club, eh? How old is he? About the same age as you. 39. <laughs> well, boys, it's none of my business, but how come you picked a 39-year-old man to be the treasurer of your beaver club? Because he's such a good businessman. He puts all of our dues in the treasury, and then he lends it out at 10%. <laughs> oh, I see. Who does he lend it to? Us. <laughs> Christmas, we were thinking of getting him a necktie. Well, that's always a nice present. Why don't you buy him one that matches his favorite suit? No, we like this one. It matches his eyes. Oh, are his eyes blue? Blue. 
more than the waters of Lake Louise under a sultry summer sky. <laughs> My, where did you boys learn that? Every beaver has to memorize it before I can borrow money. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'll like this tie. It's a dollar fifty cents. I'll wrap it up for you. Thank you. Here you are, mister. Now, let's not have any more trouble. Make the card out right this time, will you? Yes, Jack, we've wasted enough time. All right. Uh, how do you think this sounds, Mary? To Don. Your pear-shaped tones, many announcers ape. But no one can match your pear-shaped shape. <laughs> Isn't that a cute, huh? Yes, Jack, it's a beautiful poem. Nick Kenny would be proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, Mary. Hello, Dennis. Uh, Dennis, I didn't expect to run into you here. Oh, I brought my mother's lunch. She's the Santa Claus. <laughs> Your mother is the Santa Claus with a white beard and everything? Yeah, and she sure fooled my father. He climbed up in her lap and told her he wanted Hedy Lamar for Christmas. <laughs> Oh, for heaven's sake, what did she do? I don't know, but now my father goes around singing All I Want for Christmas is my two front teeth <laughs> Oh, say, say, Dennis Dennis, listen Come here, come here a minute, will you? Huh? Dennis, you've, you've been a nice kid And you've been with me so long Here it is Christmas And, well, here's a $50 bonus Oh, that's just a trick to get me to buy something for you. It is not. I don't care if you don't get me anything. Oh, yeah? Last year when I forgot to buy you a present, you picked me up and threw me in your Bendix. What? And then you charged me 40 cents for washing my shirt. Look, kid, if you don't want... Oh, my goodness. What's the matter, Jack? Just a minute. Oh, clerk. Now what? Now what? <laughs> That, that card I wrote to Mr. Wilson, I left it right here on the counter, and I, I can't find it. Oh, don't worry about it. I found it, and I put it in the package, wrapped it up, and sent it down to the delivery room. Well, I, uh, I forgot to sign the card. Let's go. You're creating a scene. It's okay, lady. I'll get his package. The customer is always right. And this jerk is a customer. You see, Mary, you, you've got to know how to handle these people, you see? Now, come on. Let's shop around till he gets the package from the delivery room, will you? Say, Mary, what do you think I ought to get for my sister Florence? Well, I don't know. Uh, laundry might be nice. Say, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, there's the lingerie counter right over there. Oh, yes. Uh, pardon me, but would you mind waiting on us? Uh, why not? <laughs> Your money's as good as anybody's. Well, could you show me something in silk lingerie? Certainly. What's your size? <laughs> Look, they're not for me. Uh, they're for his sister, size 34. Okay. 
Here's a whole box of them. Uh, will you lay the lingerie out for us, please? Well, just a minute till I put my gloves on. Gloves? Touching that stuff with my bare hands makes me a nervous wreck. <laughs> What? Especially the black ones. <laughs> Look. Look, mister, we haven't got all day. Show us something in size 34. Okay. Here's a nice little garment. A genuine, pure silk nighty. Gee, that's awfully pretty. I think this would be very... Uh, uh, wait a minute, mister. What are these little loops on the bottom of the nightgown? The loops? Yeah. yeah, the loops. <laughs> yes, what are the loops for? When you go to bed, you hook them over your toes so the nightgown won't creep up on you. <laughs> well, that's... Well, really, wrap it up and send it to my sister, Mrs. Florence Fenchel. Here's the address. Yes, sir. Oh, look, Jack, there's Rochester doing his Christmas shopping, too. Yeah, shh. I want to hear what he's getting. Can I do anything for you? Yes, I'm looking for a Christmas present for my boss. Perhaps if you told me something about your employer, I'd be able to make some suggestions. How old is he? That and what happened to the gas man are the two burning issues of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Well, you can't go wrong if you get him a nice scarf. We have some beautiful silk ones for $20. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. Shh. Jack, he'll hear you. No, I'm afraid $20 is more than I had in mine. We also have some lovely ones for $15. That's still too much. $12.50? Uh-uh. Well, we have other gifts for about $10. Seven dollars $6? Five dollars? When you get down to a buck and a quarter, wrap it up! <laughs> well, that's not much of a gift. What does your boss usually give you for Christmas? A brand new dollar bill and a lecture on the evils of wine, women, and song. <laughs> oh. Well, look, if he's that kind of a man, why do you keep working for him? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. But he's good, thoughtful, kind, considerate. And he gives me his old toupees to cover my bicycle seat. <laughs> oh. Well, here's a nice red scarf, which is really an excellent buy. I'd rather take this one here. The color will match his eyes. Are his eyes blue? Bluer than the waters of Lake Louise under a sultry summer sky. <laughs> oh, are you a beaver? No, but I work like one. <laughs> I don't know, Mary. Some little joke, I guess. Now, come on. Let's go and see. Oh, Mary. Mary, I just thought of something. Not again. Come on with me. It'll only take a minute. Oh, clerk. Clerk. Here's the package. I got it up from the delivery room. Now, go on and sign the card. No, no, no. That's not important now. I want to change the wallet. What? Instead of the $40 one, I'll take the one that costs $1.98.
she was such a young fellow, too. <laughs> well, I'll take the $1.98 wallet and put the money in his hand. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go. I wonder if we have to... Oh, look who's here. Hey, Don! Don! Oh, hi, Jack. Hello, Mary. Gee, what trouble I'm having in this store. Wish I didn't have such a big stomach. Why? Well, it seems there's a piano missing, and they searched me three times. <laughs> oh, oh. Don, have you bought your wife's present yet? Oh, yes, I did that yesterday, but today I bought a gift for our gardener. Your gardener? Well, what'd you buy him? A $40 wallet. <laughs> a $40 wallet? For your gardener? Jack, the only other ones they had were $1.98, and I wouldn't give that to a dog. <laughs> Well, you can start barking, brother, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Merry Christmas, Doc. See you later. Come on, Mary, let's go home. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as is our custom every Christmas, at this time, Dennis Day will sing Ava Maria. Oh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of my sponsors and my entire staff, I want to wish all of you a very Merry Christmas. Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Good health to all from Rexall. Yes, it's Sunday. Time for the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Presented by the makers of Rexall Drug Products and your Rexall family druggist. Good evening. This week, we independent Rexall druggists would like to play Santa Claus to all you tired, last-minute Christmas shoppers. Our present to you is quick, easy, economical gift buying, without all the rush and worry. Suggestions? Well, there's Caranome, for example, one of America's oldest and most respected lines of beauty aids, and a Rexall exclusive. We have Caranome in delightful gift sets for as low as $2. And on up to a completely fitted traveling case for $50. And believe me, the lady who receives Caranome will never forget the gift or the giver. Then there's Stag, Rexall exclusive, popular toiletries for men. You can buy them individually gift box for as low as 75 cents, or in handsome combination sets up to 298. And here's another big help. Most of us Rexall druggists are prepared to gift wrap your selections, ready either for mailing or the Christmas tree. So if you're faced with some last-minute gift buying, look for the store with the orange and blue Rexall sign in the window. This week, that sign means quick, easy, can't-go-wrong Christmas shopping. Merry Christmas to all from Rexall. And now your Rexall family druggist brings you the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Scharf and his music, our special guest Jack Benny, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. For weeks now, the Harris children, like children all over the world, have been thinking of nothing but Christmas and Santa Claus. They've been on their best behavior, and as we look in, we find Alice complimenting the children on their good deportment. Now, you've been particularly good, Alice, and I'm sure that Santa Claus will bring you lots of presents. I hope so, Mommy. And as for you, honey, you've been just as good as Alice. You've been going to bed early, putting your toys away, and eating all your food. The only thing is, you haven't been drinking all your milk. Well, I try, but you know how that stuff gags me. <laughs> Quiet, Phil. I'm talking to little Phyllis. Oh, where is she? She was here a minute ago. She went in the den, Mommy. I'll go get her. Phyllis! Phyllis, Mommy wants you to... Phyllis, what are you doing with those crayons? I'm going to draw a picture on the wall. Don't do that. You know we got to be good till Christmas. But I've been good for three weeks now. Alice, it's an awful strain. I know. But it's only five more days. Don't crack up now. <laughs> You've been so good for so long. I know. But as Daddy always says, it ain't been easy, Clyde. Have you asked Mommy and Daddy about Santa Claus yet? No, but I will. Children, children, what's going on in here? Yeah, what have you two been doing? Mommy, 
Daddy, we want to ask a favor. We'd like to stay up and see Santa Claus when he brings the presents on Christmas Eve. Well, honey, Santa Claus has a lot of other stops to make, and he might get here very late, oh, and he can't... Oh, can't we, Daddy, please? Well, uh, well, well, okay. Now, you kids continue to behave yourselves, and I promise that you'll see Santa on Christmas Eve. Now, run along and play. Go oh, ahead. Oh, thanks, Daddy. Gee, I can hardly wait for Christmas Eve. Now, Phil, why did you promise the children that? Now, if they don't see Santa, they'll be very disappointed. They'll see him. And just to make sure, I'll dress up like Santa and come down the chimney. <laughs> they won't be able to tell me from the real one. Daddy? Yes, dear? Don't you dress up and make believe you're Santa like last year. Boy, was that corny. <laughs> Hmm. You know something, Alice? I still can't figure out how they knew that it was me last year. What did I do that was wrong? Well, for one thing, you were supposed to come in singing Jingle Bells. I did. Oh, I know, but those lyrics, I can still hear them. Ham, hocks, and turnip greens, they melt right in your mouth. And candy gems and a harmony grits, and that's what I like about the South. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And what's wrong with those lyrics? That isn't the way we sing it up north. Well, can I help it if you Yankees don't know the right words? <laughs> it's what I like about the stamp. Yeah. <laughs> Never did it that way in my life. You don't think I can play St. Nick? We'll have to get somebody else to do it. Yes, but who? Well, I'll think of somebody if you'll just let me concentrate. Now, if I think hard enough, something will come out. Good morning, Philip. <laughs> For this, I had to concentrate yet? Hello, Alice. I just dropped Hey, Willie, in. wait a minute. Hmm? Willie, maybe you can help us. Look, we're trying to think of who we can get to play Santa Claus for the kids on Christmas Eve. Now, we want to get someone who looks and sounds like the real thing. I know just the man. Who? Me. <laughs> I shall be glad to portray Christopher Kringle. <laughs> Christopher. Well, Donner, my Blitzen. <laughs> Fine Santa Claus you'd make. I'd make an excellent one. I'm quite an actor, you know. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see myself popping out of the chimney, bounding into the living room and saying, Ho, 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 and a Merry Christmas to you, little kitties. And what do you, we darlings, desire as a Yuletide memento? Thank you, Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> now, you'll do me a favor. Will you get lost, Index? Go someplace and make a double entry. Check some books. Make some mistakes. Find some. Well, you don't want me to help you. I won't. No. I have to run along anyway. I have to meet my girlfriend at the taxidermist. I hope they did a good job on her. <laughs> Imagine that little squirt playing Santa Claus. He couldn't impress me if he came in with a bag full of sponsors. Now look, Phil, he may be small, but he might be all right. I wonder how he'd look in a fluffy white wig and beard. Like a short beard. <laughs> look, Alice, we got to get somebody who's big and fat and who can come... Hey, wait a minute. I got just the guy, Don Wilson. Oh, Don would be perfect. Sure. I'll call him right now and see if he can come over for Christmas Eve. Oh, swell, honey. Oh, now the kids won't be disappointed. Santa will show up. 
You know, there's something wonderful about watching a kid on Christmas, waiting for Santa and listening for those jingle bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on Bob Hill ring, they're making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Hey! Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh, hey! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Alice Fay was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank, misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank, and we, we got upset. Lightning going well, the snow with a hey, ha, 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 ha. Always jingle bells ringing, gaily singing, merrily we go. Gee whiz, I hope Don can make it. He's going to be terrific as a Santa. Uh-oh, that must be Frankie. Hiya, Curly. Hiya, Frankie. Come on in. Yeah. Hey, you look pretty good, Waldo. Thanks, <laughs> Bangler. What do you got in all them packages? Christmas presents. Got some things for the kids and Alice. And here's something for you, Curly. For me? Oh. You got a present for a little old curly-headed me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, Frankie. That's sweet of you. Oh, I, I, I don't know what to say. Well, that's all right, Curly. But the thoughts. <laughs> Oh, Frankie, you know how I appreciate it. It touches me deeply. Well, if you're going to get sloppy about it, I'll take it. <laughs> Where's Alice? Oh, I meant to tell you, she's inside calling Don Wilson. See, the kids want to see Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, so we're asking Don to play it. Why are you getting Don Wilson to play Santa? Well, what else am I going to do? Well, let him stay up and see the real Santa Claus. Yeah, but I don't know what time he's coming. <laughs> Can I have that again, Herman? <laughs> yeah. Why don't you let the kids see the real Santa Claus? You know, you better get some sleep, kid. <laughs> so you're another one of those cynics, huh? Wise guy who don't believe. You do? Of course. Just because you've never seen him don't mean he's not there. You must realize, Curly, there are some things in life that are inexplicable. <laughs> There exist certain psychic phenomena that are ethereal and beyond the comprehension of we mere mortals. Don't you agree? Oh, and... Indominumly. <laughs> Curly, 
You can take my word for it. The real guy will show up. Look, will you stop already, Remley? I'm in enough trouble. I'm trying to get a guy and you're... All I got to say is it's a good thing kids have more common sense and faith than some grown-ups or Christmas wouldn't be much fun. I know that on Christmas Eve, old St. Nick and his reindeer will come flying through the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But do you mind if we have somebody stand in in case he's grounded by a low fog over Burbank? (laughs) All right, scoff if you will. I'll drop over Christmas Eve. Maybe then you'll sing a different tune. Goodbye, infidel. (laughs) Poor Remley. He ain't been the same since he switched to buttermilk. called Don, but he can't make it. However, he said he has a lot of actor friends and he'll send one of them over. He said we'd have to pay the actor $10. So what? It'll be worth $10 to make the kids happy. Hey, honey, did Don say he could get someone positively? You know, this is very important. Now, Phil, Phil, Don promised, so stop worrying. It's still five days till Christmas Eve, and if you keep this up, you'll drive yourself batty. <laughs> And for five days, Phil worried. Now as we look in on the Harris home, it's Christmas Eve. Phil is downstairs trimming the tree and impatiently awaiting the arrival of Santa. Alice is upstairs reassuring the children that he'll be there. But, Mommy, it's 10 o'clock already and Santa isn't here yet. Gee, Mommy, do you think maybe he isn't coming? Now, now, don't fret, girls. Of course he's coming. You better watch out, you better not cry Better not pout, I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town He's making a list and checking it twice Gonna find out who's naughty and nice Santa Claus is coming to town He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town He'll be right with his reindeer In a great big open sleigh With a great big bag of presents Where to give them all away He sees you when you're sleeping He knows when you're awake He knows if you've been bad or good So be good for goodness sake Oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. There, that's the last ornament. Hey, gee. Looks pretty good, too. Now, if Santa only shows oh, up... Bill, with... I was just upstairs with the children. The... Oh, honey, the tree looks beautiful. Yeah, ain't it? <laughs> hey, Alice, how are the kids? Are they, are they impatient? Oh, they'll be all right. Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, Merry Christmas, Frankie. Oh, Merry Christmas. Hey, Frankie. Hmm? What do you got there? Milk and cookies for Santa Claus. <laughs> I put them on the mantle for him every year. Milk and cookies? Yeah. I'll just put them here over the fireplace. Hey, where are the kids? Oh, they're upstairs waiting for Santa. Yeah, and I'm waiting for him too. When's the guy going to show up? It's after 10 already. I'll be patient, Curly. He's got a long trip from the North Pole. <laughs> Besides, his reindeer ain't as young as they used to be. Oh, keep sleigh. quiet, will you? <laughs> 
paying the guy ten bucks, you'd think he'd get here on time. The subterfuge is also unnecessary. Uh-oh, there it is. I bet that's Santa Claus now. I'll let him in. I'll go with you, honey. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas, Santa Claus. <laughs> Hello, oh. Santa Claus. Oh, 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 Merry Christmas, and where's my $10? <laughs> that many. Come on in, Jack. Hey, Jackson, what are you doing here? Well, Don Wilson happened to mention that you were in the market for Santa Claus, and you were paying $10. So I thought that I... Jackson, since when did you have to go around playing Santa Claus for money? Uh, Phil, please, I'm not doing it just for the money. There are other reasons. I mean, I'm doing it because, uh, well, there's, uh, not to mention... Oh, I could go on naming reasons like that all... <laughs> oh, hello, Frankie. Merry Christmas. Huh. Oh, Merry Christmas me, you imposter, you. A fine-looking Santa Claus. I think I look charming. <laughs> Charming, he said Where'd you get that messy red suit? It's got spots all over it I rented it The Santa Claus had it last year Was a sloppy eater <laughs> Phil, how do you think I look? Like a bloodshot leopard <laughs> I think you look ridiculous Get a load of that white beard Where'd you rent that moth-eating thing? Oh, oh, that I didn't rent I was playing gin rummy With Monty Woolley And I won it <laughs> Of course, if you people don't like me as Santa Claus Oh, pay no attention to these two, Jack I think you make a wonderful Santa Claus And you're worth what we're paying you Phil, give Jack the $10 Okay, okay Here you are, Jackson Thanks <laughs> Little Phyllis will get a kick out of this I'll go call little Phyllis And Jack, uh, Jack, try to convince her you're really Santa Claus, huh? Little Phyllis? Phil, I thought I was doing this for your benefit <laughs> I mean, if it's for little Phyllis, I, I wouldn't think of taking money No, 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 it's okay, Jackson, a deal's a deal Phil, please don't embarrass but me But Jackson, Look, I... it's for the kid, I wouldn't think of taking the $10 Well, if you insist $7.50 is plenty <laughs> What kind of a heel do you think I am? Now, Phil... It's mighty sweet of you, Jackson, to play Santa Claus for my two kids. Two kids? Yeah. Uh, see, $7.50 each. Uh, nah, nah, I can't take any I can't take any money at all for this. Tell you what, Phil, if you wanna, you can buy me a little something for Christmas. Like what? Anything that Alice can afford. <laughs> I don't care Okay, but now look, Jackson It's up to you to make the kids think that you're Santa This impersonation is preposterous Santa Claus won't like this Besides, you'll never be able to fool the kids Oh, I don't know Well, wait a minute now, Jackson It'd be awful if you don't If there was only some kid we could try it out on Just to see if Miss we can't Miss where are you? I brought something for you Uh-oh, that's Julius 
Hey, everybody, that's Julius. That's just the kid we need. Come on in here, Julius. Right in here. We're in here. Now, look, if you can fool him, Jackson, you can fool any kid. Don't worry, Phil. I'll just sit here in this chair and you watch his reaction when he sees me. Okay, Dad, I certainly hope... Hey, Mr. Harris, I come up. Hey, Mr. Harris, don't you feel a little chilly? No, why? You left your red flannels lying on the chair. (laughs) I'm not red flannels. Don't you recognize me, Sonny? You look familiar. Well, I'll give you a hint. I'm that jolly old man with the white beard. Well, if it ain't Gabby Hayes. <laughs> Julius, he ain't Gabby Hayes. What's the matter with you? Don't you recognize Santa Claus when you see him? This is Santa Claus? <laughs> That's right, son. I'm old Saint Nick, Gabby can't Nick. can't do this to us little kids. In the name of juvenile humanity, I protest this flagrant disregard. Oh, shut up! <laughs> now sit in my lap and tell me what you want for Christmas, or I'll break every bone in your precious little body. Gabby Hayes, Gabby Hayes. I am not. Oh, no. What would I find if I lifted up that white wig? A brown one. (laughs) I thought so. Wait till I see the real Santa tonight. He ain't gonna like it when I tell him he's being impersonated by some bald-headed schnook. There goes that cute little child. He has all the charm of live bait. <laughs> I told you you can't fool kids. Oh, kids, kids, kids. You can't class him as a kid. He's a wise guy. Besides, he's older than my kids, and when the girls come down, they won't know the difference. Jackson looks old enough oh, to come be... come along. Come on, children. He's right in here. Well, there he is. Gee, Santa Claus. Hello, Santa. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas and hello again. This is Santa Claus talking. Come here, children, and tell me how you like old Santa. We like you fine, Santa. You're just like we pictured you. Yes, but uh, Santa... What is it, my child? You look awfully old. Ho, ho, ho. I am, little girl. After all, I'm Santa Claus, and I live for hundreds and hundreds of years. How old are you? Thirty-nine. <laughs> well, old Santa has to be going now. Here are your toys, girls. Thank you, Santa. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'll be seeing you next year. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Up, Dancer, up, Prancer, up, Donner and Blitzen. Ho, 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 and away. A big ham. <laughs> well, children, what did you think of Santa Claus? I liked him, but I was a little disappointed. Why? I expected him to take out his violin and play Love and Blue. <laughs> you mean you kids knew it was Mr. Benny? Sure. But we didn't want to say anything and hurt his feelings. Daddy, when is the real Santa coming? Well, uh... Well, you see, honey, he's... 
Well, he'll he... be here soon, kid. Oh, Frankie. <laughs> Look, kids, he may get here too late. So I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a Christmas story and then, and then you run off to bed, huh? Well, all right, Daddy. But we wanted so much to see him. I know you did, and maybe you'll see him next year. Now, look, sit on my lap, and I'll tell you a beautiful Christmas story. You ready? It was the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The... I thought I heard sleigh bells. No. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced through their heads. Alice, Alice, what are those bells? What's that? Shh. Quiet, Curly. Merry Christmas, Santa. Frankie, who are you talking to? I don't see anybody. The kids do. Look at them. Gee, Santa, we knew you'd come. They couldn't fool us with any make-believe Santa Claus. We were waiting just for you. Oh, sure, we've been very good girls. Oh, what a lovely dollhouse. Thank you. And all these things are for me. Can I open them now? All right, Santa, we'll wait till morning. Thank you very much. And a Merry Christmas to you too, Santa. Of course, we'll tell them. Merry Christmas and goodbye, Santa Claus. told you he'd show up, Curly. But Frankie, I don't get it. I heard it, but, but, but I didn't see him. Of course you didn't. He sure is a nice looking old gent. Alice, did, did you see him? I'm not sure, Phil. I, I almost thought I saw him standing by the fireplace. But Alice... How could it be? If he was standing there by... Phil, what are you staring at? The mantle. Alice. The milk. And cookies. They're gone. The first Phil and Alice will be back in just a moment. But now, 
Here's your Rexall family druggist speaking as another stand-in for Santa Claus. Yes, friends, there are 10,000 such stand-ins for Santa this week. 10,000 independent Rexall druggists who are ready, willing, and able to take the rush and worry out of your last-minute Christmas shopping. You see, we've seen to it that our stores are filled with beautiful, distinctive, sure-to-please gifts for the home, for the children, for the entire family. Gifts it's a pleasure to choose, economical to buy. So look for the store with the orange and blue Rexall sign in the window. This week, it's headquarters for quick, easy, last-minute Christmas shopping. Merry Christmas to all from Rexall. Phyllis, Alice, look, children, uh, Santa said something to you and you said, yes, we'll tell him. What did he say? He told us to be sure and wish you and Mommy a Merry Christmas. Now, wasn't that sweet of him? Now, girls, you're all tucked in, you've seen Santa, and you have everything you want. So go right to sleep. Good night. Good night. Good night, babies. Yes, dear? Can I have a drink of water? Go to sleep! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is Phil Harris. The Rexall Drug Company, Alice and I, and our entire cast want to thank you so much for listening to our show and wish you the best Christmas you've ever had. Merry Christmas, folks. And our grateful thanks to our pal... Jack Benny for being with us. Thank you, Jackson. Good night, Christmas everybody. Christmas seals you buy once a year will help protect you from tuberculosis all the year. Use Christmas seals generously. This is Bill Foreman wishing good health to all from... This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1938-1939 season. A little break today from our uh, Christmas shopping episodes. We've had a lot of those lately. Uh, tonight's episode is going to be a train episode. I think it's uh, kind of amazing how much we enjoy listening to, say, uh, Christmas shopping episodes over and over and over again. They... I think, I think part of it is that there's always little differences here and there, who the actors are, um, the way it's written, the jokes. They change just enough so that they never seem like a complete repeat. And so I think that's why we keep coming back to the same Jack shows over and over again. And they're kind of your comfort food. You kind of go, wow, okay, here's another one of these. And that's what uh, tonight's episode is as well, in that it's a train station episode, and uh, for years and years and years, Jack had these train station episodes multiple times a year that would uh, have some of the same bits, some different bits. It would just... Uh, was always fun. Oh, they're going to the train station. And then you get kind of excited because they're going to the train station. And, and what's that going to be like? And what bits are they going to do again, and which ones are they going to change? It's just kind of neat that way. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I haven't read a uh, email in a long time on air, so I thought I would go ahead and do that. I had a really nice email come in 
last week from Stephanie, and I asked her if I could read it to you, and she said, sure, I can read whatever I want out of it. So I'm going to flip over there real quick and uh, share a little bit about Stephanie's email and respond to some of it. I just uh, love the emails I get from you folks. Let's see. It says, Dear Buck Benny, I've been a fan of OTR for many years. Used to listen to it on public radio back in grade school and an avid listener of your podcast for quite some time, about three or four years. And I donated before. I just donated $50 to your podcast, which was very nice, Stephanie. Thank you. And please keep those donations coming in, folks. It helps us to keep the podcast going, of course. Um, if you just go to buckbenny.com, and over on your right-hand side, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see the PayPal links that you can go ahead and uh, link up and give us $2 if you want for the year. You give us, you know, $5, $10, whatever it is that you're comfortable donating. And if you don't have money to donate, hey, my podcasts are always free. I just hope you all enjoy it. But anybody who can donate, we'd certainly like those donations. One thing I, I haven't talked about in a while with donations is that is that if you think about my podcasts, I bring them to you 365 days a year, uh, seven days a week, all year long, and uh, usually two show, about two shows a day, sometimes three shows a day, and the summer is usually only one show a day. Uh, but it averages out to, you know, at least, um, what, 365, so probably... 500 shows a year, let's say, at least. Um, so if if that's a penny a show, if you're thinking, you know, it's it's worth a penny per show, then that'd be a $5 donation, right? Uh, if you said, you know, I think it's worth $0.05 cents a show, um, well, then that's a uh, $25 donation to the podcast, which would be great. Um, and... You know, if you're thinking, well, about $0.10 cents a show sounds about right, then I guess you're talking uh, the $50 donation. So um, whatever, like I say, you're comfortable with, um, but uh, think about, you know, how much entertainment you get out of these shows. And uh, I, I kind of, it's funny, I kind of run this kind of like uh, PBS runs their uh, channel and we have these funding drives and things in some ways. Uh, because, of course, our bandwidth is, our next payment for bandwidth for the next year is due in January. So, uh, anyway, any donations would be duly appreciated. Uh, let's keep reading on. Um, I thought I'd follow up with an email to let you know I greatly appreciate how much time and effort you put into making your shows. Um, thank you. That's very kind of you. Um... It is pretty amazing, actually, when I think about it. Some days I put in, you know, I'll put in three hours, two or three hours a day setting up podcasts and checking on shows and all that sort of thing. Other times it's not as much. Other times it's a half hour or something. It just depends on the day. Um, my favorite shows are the Westerns. Love Gunsmoke and When You Played It, The Six Shooter. Um, I love those westerns as well, and I uh, can't wait to bring us some more of those. I, I do love bringing this Gunsmoke every week. Um, want to bring in uh, Fort Laramie at some point again. I think we only played half of those um, before when I played them. I know we played all of the Jimmy Stewart, the Six Shooters, over time. Uh, but it's a really unique genre, and it's 
different and I think more powerful on radio than it ever was on television and some of these some of these shows so um, and certainly Fort Laramie was played more straightforward and uh, than any television show I can think of that's ever done um, certainly about the cavalry than any uh, television um, series I can think of uh, well let's keep on reading on um, she likes suspense Kathy and Elliot Lewis and of course the great Jack Benny uh, Kathy and Elliot Lewis of course are on our um, on on stage that we've been running for the last uh, better part of a year I think uh, not too many on stages left probably about 15 episodes left and after uh, New Year's we'll start running those again uh, if you haven't taken a listen to them, a lot of folks just love those shows because it's always Kathy and Elliot Lewis um, playing different roles each time. So it's an anthology series, but it has the same actors in it each time, which is kind of unique. Um, just a dream project, I would assume, for Kathy and Elliot Lewis. Uh, let's see. I love any of the ones with Mel Blanc, and one of my favorites was the one where the Beavers took over the show and played the cast members. That is a great episode. Too funny, she says. <laughs> there were others that you don't play anymore, like the great Gildersleeve and Fibber McGee and Molly. And there are a few that I, that I didn't like to begin with, but later grew on me, like Bergen and McCarthy and Fred Allen. Um... And she says, Burns and Alan, Gracie's voice used to get to her, but then she kind of got used to the fact of what a great comedian Gracie was. And I'm in complete agreement with her. Um, Gracie's hard for me to take sometimes, but when I really listen for the comedy elements there, they're so great that it's uh, certainly worth listening to. Uh, let me go back to uh, Fibber McGee and Molly. <sighs> you know, I feel like I make pretty good choices most of the time. But I really messed up on Fibber McGee, <coughs> excuse me, on Fibber McGee and Molly, because I had access to these ultra high quality episodes that I was bringing you for a couple of years there, or more, and um, then those episodes just uh, the site that had them became discontinued, and I couldn't get to them anymore. And I guess I should have just downloaded all of them while I could. But I didn't, I just always figured I'd have access one way or the other, but I just don't have access to great-sounding episodes of Fibber McGee and Molly anymore. I have access to some episodes, but they don't. Uh, not the best-sounding, and certainly there's more holes in the run uh, than there were before. Um, if I remember during this break, I'll try again to contact some folks and see, because I know some of my collector friends... Uh, picked up all those episodes when they were available, and so I'm sure I can get them again. Because um, I really would like to bring you Fibber McGee and Molly again. It's just such a, a joy of a show, and so well put together, and especially during these war years, they're just such good episodes. So, anyway, something for me to think about. Um, she says, You've been instrumental in giving me a much greater appreciation for Burns and Allen. Yep. Um, being a history major in college, I really enjoy listening to your introductions and explanations of what was going on at the time the particular shows were being broadcast and stories about the show's performers and writers. Um, yeah, I, it's so hard. I mean, I, I can't always do 
shows about like, that takes some research on my part and so sometimes I just don't have time to do it so I try and do some more thorough podcasts at times and then other times do lighter quicker podcasts it just depends um Let's see. She says, I'm sure you have a very opinionated fan base who may give suggestions uh, and tell you uh, about things they like and don't like, but don't let the negative ones get to you. In my opinion, your show is perfect as is. Thank you. It's good to hear that. One last thing. Uh, You have brought my mom and I closer together when we listen to your shows at home or in the car. She wasn't born when most of these shows originally aired, but she listened to the reruns growing up, and she loves listening to the Jack Benny, too. Um, I just love stories when folks that listen to my podcast brings families together, and lots of times it's with um, younger kids, so like 10 years old, 11 years old, 8 years old, listening with... uh, you know, dad or mom when they're in the car and driving around and um, just wonderful stories about that and I love that it's bringing you closer to your mom too, Stephanie, just uh, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that. I wish you and your family a safe, healthy and happy holiday and a prosperous new year to come. I wish my family the same and I wish yours the same too, Stephanie. Um, P.S. Also love the Ray Bradbury and Zero Hour shows you played a couple of years ago. Always look forward to what you have planned for the summer. Ciao, she says. Uh, yeah, the summers, it's a lot of fun figuring out what I'm going to do for the summers because, of course, I can do something different every year than I do during the regular season. Um, some, I don't know, it's strange. Some summer uh, shows are more effective than others. I mean... I think the most effective and the one that that I hear the most positive on was when I presented kind of chronologically uh, the war years in the summer. And uh, uh, presenting that was was a lot of fun and just having, you know, Jack's show and and, uh, Bing's and and Bob Hope's and uh, Fibber McGee and Molly's and um, uh, Edgar Bergen and just any shows I could find, just pre- presenting them as they originally aired so that you could, you could get a feel for what was happening at the time. Uh, and Fred Allen, of course, more, most importantly, probably. Um, that worked really, really well. And so I'm going to bring that back at some point. I just don't want to do, uh, you know, the World War II years every summer. So we've tried a summer of adventure, which was a lot of fun, I thought. And then this last summer, Summer of the Stars, which I didn't think was as effective as the other two. I don't know exactly why. I just think maybe the shows were so eclectic and things. I, I, I don't know. It just, for me, didn't work click as well as the others. Um, this upcoming summer, I definitely have some ideas of what I'm doing. I'm not going to throw them out there yet for you, but I think... Um, Certainly, I think uh, Stephanie will be excited about what I plan on doing, and uh, I think a lot of others of you will be introduced to maybe some shows that you hadn't heard before that I think will be really cool. So, anyway, fantastic email, one of my favorite ones ever, Stephanie, just you covered all the bases and just gave me a great chance to talk about it in this podcast. Um, All of you folks, I just hope you have a great, great Christmas and... uh, 
get all the stuff you want, and and I, uh, I just love doing the podcast, as you know. So, without further ado, here's Jack Benny. Um, enjoy, and uh, you'll hear from me next time, I guess, when we talk tomorrow. J E L L O. The Jell-O Program, starring Jack Benny, with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Kenny Baker, and Don Wilson. The orchestra opens the program with Your Eyes Are Bigger Than Your Heart. This is the time of year when we're checking over Christmas lists, and every store window is a new temptation. Pocketbooks get lighter and lighter, and we're all of us watching the budget. Well, here's one good way to help your budget, and that's to serve plenty of Jell-O, for it's so inexpensive. Jell-O costs only a few cents a package, and one package serves the average family generously with a really delicious treat. And everybody loves Jell-O. It's America's favorite gelatin dessert. Those six delicious flavors are filled with extra-rich fruit goodness, and those six gay colors fit right in with this cheerful holiday season. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. All six are bright with festive cheer, as jolly as Christmas Eve. So for inexpensive economical desserts, look for those big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O, and Jell-O spells a treat. Gentlemen, Jack Benny and his gang, who are en route from New York to Hollywood, have reached Chicago. So we pick them up at the station where they are about to board the train going west. Take it away! Hey, Rochester, did you see the rest of the gang? No, boss, I guess we're the first ones here. Doggone it. You know what, Rochester? I forgot to tip the taxi driver. Why didn't you remind me? I thought it was premeditated. <laughs> Well, it wasn't. All aboard! Train leaving on track five for Memphis, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Palm Beach, Miami, and Montreal. Board! Montreal? Listen, Mr. Montreal is in Canada. It's nowhere near Miami. All right, so I made one little mistake. (laughs) Fine train announcer. Junior, stop staring at that man in the blue and yellow overcoat. For heaven's sake, yes. Have you ever seen an overcoat like this before? No, and neither have you. Hmm. Junior, I'm sorry, mister. You'll have to excuse him for being so precocious. So what? That means fresh, adult. (laughs) I know what it means, and stay away from me. Hey, Rochester. Yes, sir? Our train leaves in ten minutes. Where's my brown leather bag? I thought you was carrying it. Me? You probably left it on the street when we got out of the taxi. Somebody must have stolen it by now. That old thing? (laughs) Yes, all my belongings are in it. Now go get it. Okay, boss. I'll be back in a flash with the trash. (laughs) Of all 
Oh, the careless, good for nothing. Oh, hello, Don. Hello, Jack. Where's the rest of the gang? They're around here somewhere. Say, it's pretty cold here in Chicago, isn't it? Oh, it sure is. Well, well, I see you finally got an overcoat. Yeah. That one's kind of loud for you, isn't it, Jack? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's warm, though. All aboard! Train leaving on track seven for Peoria, Emporia, Oskaloosa, Toscaloosa, Toscanini, Beanie Beanie, and from Elbow. Or... <laughs> From Elbow? That guy's nuts. Gee whiz, Don, it's getting late. I wonder what's keeping the rest of the gang. Oh, don't worry, Jack. They'll show up. Yeah. Mr. Benning, I looked all around the station. I can't find your bag anywhere. Well, of course it's not in the station. You left it out on the sidewalk. Now go and get it. Okay. Say, boss, it's kind of chilly outside. Can I have my overcoat? <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> His coat. You know, Don, someday Rochester's going to carry that kidding too far. Hello, Bo Peep. Here's one of your sheep. Well, it's about time, Mary. I haven't seen you since we got off the century. Where have you been? Oh, I had lunch with a fellow I met on the train last night. Mary, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. What's the idea? Well, he was lonesome, and I was lonesome and hungry. <laughs> That's no excuse. I told you a thousand times it's not right to go to lunch with strangers. You said it. I paid the check. <laughs> Well, that'll teach you a lesson. Now, come on with me. I want to go over to the newsstand and get some magazines. Hey, boss, boss, I found your bag. Here it is. That's good. Hey, but what'd you bring all those red caps along with you for? I didn't bring them. They're picketing than me. <laughs> oh. Well, wait for me by the ticket gate. Come on, Mary. Say, Jack, I wish you'd take off Rochester's coat. Everybody's staring at you. Mary, this isn't Rochester's coat. Oh, no? Look at that lodge button on the lapel. Lodge button? Yeah, since when do you belong to the sons and daughters of the Deep South? <laughs> I don't belong. I'm just an honorary member. Here's the newsstand. We've only got about five minutes. All aboard! Train leaving on track 11 for White Sulphur Springs, Warm Springs, Palm Springs, Hot Springs, and Simmons Mattresses. <laughs> Simmons Mattresses? Where's that? Right near Boulder Dream. Well, I deserve that. Here's the newsstand, Mary. What do you want? Uh, let me see. There's photoplay and the Saturday Evening Post. And... Yeah, and there's Collier's. Yes, sir. Is there anything I can do for you? I beg your pardon? I said, is there anything I can do for you? Yes, we'd like to buy some magazine. <laughs> what have you got there? Well, we have the latest Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan? <laughs> yes, and here's the new Liberty. <laughs> what do you want, Mary? Oh, I'll just take a box of peppermint. <laughs> Mary, don't encourage him. Perhaps you'd like a good novel to read on the train. A novel? Oh, I don't know. Say, Mary, what's that book over there by you? Where? The one that's nailed up on the wall. You can't take it with you. <laughs> well, there's no use buying it then. Come on, Mary, we'll get something on the train. All right. Oh, Jack, look at those cute little toy dogs there. Let's get one. Toy dog? Not now, Mary. Well, take one on the train with you, mister. They're only a dollar. No, no, I don't think oh, so. Oh, go ahead. They're very cute. Oh, I don't care if they are. What good is a toy dog on a train? Well, for one thing, you don't have to take them on and off. <laughs> That's a lot of sales talk. Come on, Mary, we've only got two minutes. Oh, Jack, Jack, I found Phil. Hiya, baby. You looking for me? Yes, Phil, we're leaving in a couple of minutes. You had me worried to death. Where were you? I just stopped in for a shave and a haircut. And you know, Jack, it's the first time I ever had a lady barber. 
Oh, yeah? Say, I'll bet you had a lot of fun. What, with a razor in her hand? <laughs> I see. Well, she certainly gave you a fine haircut. Get a load of it, Mary. <laughs> it looks like she cut off too much and pasted it back. <laughs> it does with that. Hey, where's Kenny? He's always the last one to show up. All aboard! Rain leaving on track one for Toledo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, East Orange, West Lemon, and Lyme. <laughs> I bet Don put him up to that. Huh? Well, boss, I got all the bags on the train. Is there anything else you want me to do? Yeah, look around the station. See if you can find Kenny Baker. I saw him wandering around here a little while ago, and I thought he might get lost. Well? So I checked him in the parcel room. Well, for heaven's sake, go and get him. Here's a dime. Oh, and of course, a quarter. I insured him. <laughs> all right, here. Now hurry up. California train is now ready. All passengers, hold your tickets, please. Oh, boy, I can hardly wait to get back. Come on, Kenny. Now, let's see. What did I do with mine? Oh, here they are. Junior, come along. And I told you to stop staring at that man's overcoat. Well, I may never see one again. <laughs> I'm sorry, mister, but Junior's a little bit upset. Yeah, I'm worried about the market. The market, eh? What stock did you buy, Junior? Amalgamated rompers. Now, watch out or I'll pull yours down and give you a good whack. <laughs> Come along, Junior. He's just an old grouchy-wouchy. Listen, madam, before I met your son, I was the picture of hell. <laughs> hey, boss, here's Mr. Baker. Hello, Jack. Say, if I got time to run out and get a sandwich... No, Kenny, you can eat on the train. I don't like your sandwiches. <laughs> Kenny, I'm talking about the diner. Now, we're getting on the train now, so remember what I told you this morning. Oh, don't worry, Jack. I won't forget. Tickets, please. Tickets. Is everybody here? Yeah, we're all here, Jack. Here are the tickets, conductor. Thank you. Now, let's see. One, two, three, four, five and a half. Five full tickets and one half fare. That's correct. Right through the gate, everybody. Come along, Kenny, dear. Yes, Uncle Jack. <laughs> now, stay close, Kenny, but it wouldn't hurt you to try and look a little younger. Say, Jack, as long as you're going through with this, why don't you give Kenny a teething ring? A teething ring? Yeah, he doesn't look like a kid at all. Oh, no, you ought to see the underwear he pinned on me. <laughs> Never mind, Dad, get on the train. All aboard! Train leaving west on track nine for Kansas City, Dodge City, Las Vegas, Albert QQ. <laughs> Albert QQ? And shut up! <laughs> Well, thank heaven, at least we're getting rid of you. Oh, no, you're not. I'm the engineer. Oh, my goodness, what a ride we're going to have. Boys!
ride back home seems kind of long, doesn't it? Yeah, I'll sure be glad when we get off. Boy, what a trip. Oh, I don't know what you fellas are complaining about. Every time the conductor comes by, I have to stick a lollipop in my mouth. That's too bad. Yeah, and another thing. I can blow my own nose. (laughs) Stop beeping, Kenny. I thought I told you to go and play with that little boy, Junior. It looks better. Besides, he's good company for you. Fine company. This morning he told me a story about a traveling salesman. (laughs) All right, then stay here and be quiet. Hey, this train is moving right along. Oh, by the way, Jack, I meant to ask you, whatever happened to that play you were going to do in New York? What play? Oh, you know, that Shakespearean thing that you told us about before we left Hollywood. Oh, that? Well, I'll tell you, Don, I spoke to the producer about it last week, and we decided to do it in the spring. It looks like I'm going to play Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar? That's a hot one. Well, you're going to laugh, fellas. But I'm going in for a little more of that highbrow stuff. Say, Jack, I'd like to be in that play, too. Can you get me a job carrying a spear? Yes, Bill, but you'll have to walk in front of me. You'd be fine doing Shakespeare with that corny dialogue of yours. Quick, Jack, give me a lollipop. Here comes the conductor. Oh, yes, here you are, Kenny. Oh, hello, conductor. How are you, Mr. Benny? Are you having a nice trip? Oh, fine, fine, yes, sir. Say, this nephew of yours, are you positive he's only 12 years old? Why, yes, conductor. He's a pretty big boy for his age, but they they grow like weeds in California. (laughs) Weeds yet. (laughs) Now sit up, Kenny, like a good little boy. Well, well. Tell me, young man, are you really only 12 years old? Da, da, whatever that means. All right, don't overdo it. Cute kid, isn't he, conductor? Yes, but he can stand a shave. (laughs) Hey, fellas, we're slowing down a little. I guess we're coming into a town. Yeah, there's a few houses. Wow, look at that beautiful girl standing at that crossing up ahead. Where? Oh, say, she is good looking. I guess the engineer saw her, too. (laughs) Say, where's Mary? Saw her just a few minutes ago talking to some fellow back in the observation car. I've told her time and again not to talk to strangers. I'm going in there and put a stop to that. Well, Bill, I'm kind of tired. I think I'll stretch out on this seat and take a nap. See you later, Don. What are you going to do, Kenny? Oh, I'm going back in a club car and have a scotch and soda. Okay, I'll put a nipple on it so it'll look all right. <laughs> Let's go, kid. Oh, Mary is annoying this time. Oh, I'll be glad to get home. Is this your first trip to California, a Mr., uh, Miss... I didn't get your name. Thompson. Thompson. Oh, yes. Is this your first trip to California, Mr. Thompson? No, I've been there lots of times. Well, you'll just love it. I always say there's no place like California. You know, I was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, but after all, New Jersey is New Jersey, and California is California. So what? Oh, you're a card. (laughs) You're such a distinguished-looking man, Mr. Thompson. Uh, What business are you in? I'm a psychiatrist. Oh, I'm glad I bumped into you. I've been having more trouble with my feet. Mary. Young lady, a psychiatrist is a... Oh, I'm in the radio business. You know, the Jell-O program starring Mary Livingston and Stooges. (laughs) Oh, we're a riot. (laughs) I'm famished, Mr. Thompson. Are you hungry? No, I'm not, Mary. Well, if you'd eat something, Mr. Thompson, you wouldn't have a headache. I haven't got a headache. Mary! Oh, hello, Jack. Come here a minute. I want to talk to you. Uh, Excuse me a minute. Gladly. All right, Mary, come on with me. Who's that fellow you were talking to? Oh, some fresh guy trying to date me up. Well, it's your own fault. Now, let's get back in our own car. 
Mary, you got more nerve. Uh-uh, here comes that little brat, Junior. Let's ignore him. Hiya, Dracula. <laughs> hmm. Mary, there's nothing funny about that. Let me tell you something, young man. If you're not careful, you'll grow up to be worse than the dead-end kids. Go, sissies. I wish he'd stick his tongue out at me once more so I can hit him on top of the head. <laughs> I think he's a cute little boy. Cute. Last night he put a poached egg in my berth. <laughs> oh, Jack, look at down over there, sound asleep. Doesn't he look sweet? Yeah, he looks like a whale that was washed up on the beach. <laughs> look at that smile on his face. Strawberry, huh? raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, lime. <laughs> None genuine without the big red letters on the box. <laughs> Say, that guy even dreams about Jell-O. You better wake him up, Jack. We'll be in pretty soon. Yeah. Where's Rochester? My bags aren't even packed. Oh, Phil, did you see Rochester anywhere? Yeah, come here a minute. Jack, you want to hear something funny? What? Rochester's in that drawing room talking to the porter. Boy, is he giving him a line. He is, eh? Let's listen. You know, Sylvester, I used to be a porter myself, but I gave it up. There ain't no future in it. You're right, Rochester. Say, how long you been Mr. Benny's private secretary and personal advisor? Hmm. About two years now You know Mr. Benny don't make a move without consulting me He calls me his Anthony Eden That's just a big fib Why, Jack, this is good Say, Rochester, what kind of a man is your boss? Is he nice to work for? Oh, very pleasant, very pleasant <laughs> You ought to see how he throws his money away He does? Not far, but he throws it <laughs> Wait till I get a hold of him. One thing, Mr. Benny, he sure has funny radio programs. Well, he ought to. I'll write every word of them. That's all I want to know. <laughs> Listen, author. Uh-huh. See you later, Sylvester. When you get through writing my programs, Anthony, I wish you'd pack my bag. We're getting off the train pretty soon. Okay, boss. Say, Kenny. Yes, Jack. As soon as we get to the station, we'll have to go right to the studio. Have you got your song ready for the program? Yeah, but I better run through it again. That's right. We won't have time for rehearsal. Go ahead, Kenny. Put down those blocks and sing. My personal advice. Thank you. 
the station pretty soon. Hey, Don, did you see the tops of my pajamas any place? No, I didn't, Phil. Me neither. Darn no souvenir hunters. <laughs> Rochester, you sure you got everything in the bags? Yes, sir. Now my time. When I get home, I'm going to bed and won't get up till 1939. Well, you need a little rest the way you've been dis- dissipating on this trip. Look at those white circles under your eyes. <laughs> I put my reading glasses. Your glasses? I'll find them. And look, Rochester, you forgot to pack my blanket. Is that the one Fred Allen said you took from the Sherry Netherlands Hotel? Mary, I didn't take any blanket from the Sherry Netherlands. Then what's that SN on there? That's where I bought it. Saks 9th Avenue. <laughs> so there. Wait a minute. Saks hasn't got a store on 9th Avenue. I'll bet you $25 there's a fella named Sam Saks who runs a store on 9th Avenue. And he sells blankets. Anyway, Alan's got a nerve saying I ever took anything out of a hotel. Well, what about that little incident at the Ritz last year? Never mind that. Well, was it, Mary? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jack walked out of the Ritz with a chair and a floor lamp and told the house detective he was from the finance company. (laughs) Well, I just did that for a laugh. Well, those laughs look very good in your living room. You're making that up, Mary, and you know it. Hey, we're coming in, fellas. We're coming in. Los Angeles, Los Angeles, keep track of your baggage. Don't forget what belongs to you. And please don't forget what belongs to us. Well, here we are. What a crowd at the station. Doggone, look at all those gals from Central Avenue. Don't tell me they came down to meet you, Rochester. I don't know, but I'm getting off ahead of the porters. Oh, that reminds me. Hey, Porter. Yes, sir. Everything was fine. Here's a tip for you. Thank you, Mr. Benny. Wow, a $10 bill. A $10 bill? Here's your glasses, boss. (laughs) Too late now. Yes. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Well, I guess... I guess he earned it. Come on, fellas. So long, Conductor. We had a swell trip. So long, Mr. Benny. Goodbye, young man. Goodbye, Conductor. We sure fooled you, didn't we? <laughs> Kenny. Well, so long, fellas. See you all at the broadcast. Oh, so long, Kenny. Hey, Doc, come on. Come on, Rochester. Let's go. Hey, Mr. Benny, look who's here to greet us. Why, Andy. Hi, you back. Welcome home. Well, doggone it, Andy. I had a hunch the mayor of Van Nuys would come down to the station to greet us. Yeah, and I even tried to get our local jug band down here. Well, why didn't you? Well, by the time they got their jugs empty, they weren't in the mood. Oh, well, tell me, Andy, how's everything in California? Oh, just fine, Buck. I hear you had a couple of days of pretty heavy rain. Is that true? I ain't no squealer. 
Now, come on, Andy. Come on. You can trust me. It did rain here, didn't it? Wait a minute. Are you sure there ain't no microphones around? Of course not. Bucket came down in bucket. <laughs> it did? And old man Moses drowned. I know, Andy. I know. I read all about it. Hello, Junior. Hiya, sis. Hey, what is this? Hey, Buck, this is my sister, Flossie, from Indianapolis, and this is my nephew, Junior. Yeah, I met the little rattlesnake. <laughs> well, I gotta run along, Andy. I'm anxious to get home. Goodbye, Junior. See you around, Snow White. <laughs> you won't see me around if I have to put on a false beard. So long, Andy. Hey, wait a minute, Buck. Hey, Flossie, you and Junior wait for me in the buggy. I want to talk to Buck a minute. All right. Come on, Junior. Andy, I can't tell you how good it feels to be back home. Say, how's your folks? Oh, they're all excited, getting ready for Christmas. They are, huh? Yeah, they were trimming the Christmas tree last night, and Pa fell off the ladder and hung a star on Ma's ear. Yeah? Yeah, then Ma hung one on him. <laughs> Oh, they're still at it, eh? Buck, they've been fighting so much lately, we're trying to get Clem McCarthy for a hired man. Well, I don't blame him. Well, see you later, Andy. I gotta run along now. So long, Buck! So long. Oh, Rochester! Yes, boss? Quit signing autographs and get me a taxi cab. Okay, see you tonight, Josephine. All aboard. Train leaving for Salt Lake City, Denver, Chicago, Cleveland, New Jersey, and Mars. <laughs> If you're looking for an easy-to-make dessert that's one of the best you ever tasted, we have the answer. It's any one of three new Jell-O puddings. Jell-O vanilla pudding, delicate and creamy, made with real vanilla. Jell-O butterscotch pudding, rich with old-fashioned butterscotch flavor. And Jell-O chocolate pudding, smooth and chocolatey. All three Jell-O puddings are simply grand. Listen to what Mrs. Howard Gessler of North Trip Avenue, Chicago, writes us about them. I do feel I want to tell the makers of Jell-O puddings how much my family and I enjoy their products. I've used practically every ready-made pudding, but to me, Jell-O puddings surpass them all. Thank you for putting on the market desserts which are so easy to make and so inexpensive and delicious that anyone can afford and enjoy them. Well, thank you, Mrs. Gessler, for that mighty fine letter. We appreciate it. And to the rest of you, we'd like to say, if you want to enjoy the grandest pudding desserts you ever tasted... Ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O vanilla, butterscotch, and a chocolate pudding. number of the 12th program in the new Jell-O series and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. 
So Merry Christmas, everybody, from my whole gang. What are you going to give me for a Christmas present, Jack? Mary, I'm going to give you two tickets to my new Paramount picture, Artists and Models Abroad, which opens in key cities all over the country next week. <laughs> Good night, folks. Gee, I'm glad I got that in. <laughs> The song I Go For That is from the picture St. Louis Blues. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs> 